Hey, hey, welcome to episode number five of the Politics and Bros podcast. Hal and I are going to be talking about Brexit, the Pfizer report, what's new with impeachment, and then we'll slow things down for a nice casual conversation about federalism. We hope you enjoy and thanks for stopping by. Hello, hello. Hey, Pete. We're back. Hey, Hal. How are you doing, man? Um, I am good. Um, how was your Thanksgiving? I was fine. Thank you. How was yours? You know, it was uh, it was good. It wasn't as yeah. stressful as I thought it was going to be. So that's that was nice. It seems so long away, a uh, long time ago now. We're already already to Christmas, so I put it behind me. Um, yeah, that makes uh, sense. I am so to to bore everyone. Um, I know people love talking about fantasy football and hearing about other people's fantasy football, but coming into tonight, I needed ten yards total from Marlon Mack to win. <laughs> you know how many yards he has in the fourth quarter right now? Uh, Nine. He has well, he has fifteen. But oh. so I'm currently winning. But if he fumbles, I lose. Um, so, or if anyway, he gets tackled for a loss or if he gets tackled for, yes, a, a, basically a six yard loss. Then, um, so if you hear me freak out during this, uh, you'll know why, because I, I've got this on and the, I'm, I'm monitoring it in the background. I mean, there's no other reason to be watching this game. It's 34 to nothing right now. Um, but only I don't even sick, know who's playing a sick person like myself would be, be doing this. So anyway, um, I am, uh, stressed out about that. Cause if I win, I go to the finals in my league, but. Anyway, nice. um, all is well. Have you done all your Christmas shopping? Uh, no. Um, no. I need to do all well, my nieces week, and nephews. Pete. I know. I do my nieces and nephews. I got to do more. More, and the kids are done. Okay. So that's the most important thing. But I still have to do like my mom, my nieces and nephews. Uh, I got my brother-in-laws. One of my brother-in-laws in the family grab bag for uh, my wife's family. And I took care of that today because that was just something you order on the internet. So congratulations. Feels good. Yeah, I know it was definitely, I'm, I'm, I'm officially on vacation, so it's, oh, I got plenty better. of time to do it this week. Oh, good for you. I have got a couple yeah. more days till that happens. So, um, but since we last talked, a lot's happened. Um, a as, lot has happened. I mean, that can be a, you know, a span of four or five hours in the, in the Trump world. So a lot can happen. Um, but, uh, yeah, where should we start? I, well, I mean, I think is this the last, this is probably the last, um, politics and bros podcast of the 2010s, right? Uh, the the last, the last one of the decade, you know, we're really, we're, we're really springing into, uh, um, a new, new stratosphere for the 2020s. What Um, a different world it will be after, after January one. People are going to be eating like, like ice cream, space ice creams, and wearing <laughs> silver suits, and yeah. Um, but for the to uh, to uh, to honor uh, moving into the the twenty twenties, I wanted to tell, let everyone know we've we've started a Twitter page. Um, it's at Bros Politics, so um, you can find our episodes there, and you can 
uh, we'll tweet kind of things related to the podcast or things we find funny. So, you know, just it's a little currently, extra. It's yeah. currently Sans uh, um, uh, profile picture because we're working okay. on a logo. Right. Exactly. So that'll be up soon. But go there for all your extra politics and bros content that if you can't, if you do this, this podcast doesn't give you enough fix, then you can get, get some extra there. So just want to put that plug in there before we get kicking with the um, news of the day. So You're a marketing genius. <clears throat> yeah. Well, you know, um, <laughs> just uh, I'm like, I'm like Trump. You can't teach these things. It's all genetics. Um, <laughs> so we'll start speaking of Trump. We'll start with um, a quick impeachment update. Uh, yeah. So I, you know, I don't really want to necessarily talk about the substance of impeachment because I feel like everyone has has pretty much drawn their battle lines in that regard. But um, I did want to talk a little bit about you know kind of the process and where we are in it. And so um, the House passed, uh, I guess at least what's the word, voted it out of committee um, last week. Out of the Judiciary Committee. Out of the Judiciary Committee, um, yep. that was uh, pretty sad to watch for both sides. Really, I watched a little bit of it and I had to turn it off because it was, it was just grandstanding on both sides, and you know everyone saying this basically the same thing over and over again. So now it'll go to the full House for a vote, which is expected. Is it tomorrow or Thursday, or or Wednesday? Excuse me, um, where it's expected to pass a lot of the yeah, uh, moderate. Moderate Democrats are lining up in favor um, for it. Several of them came out today. Uh, one, including um, Lisa Slotkin, who's a freshman of Michigan, uh, Congresswoman from Michigan. Correct. Don't you know her? Um, I do not know her, um, no. but one of our friends does know her. He's actually talked ah. to her about kind of running on a similar profile of hers as mm. you know, um, Democrat uh, with a service background. Um, I do not know her. Uh, so she came out in favor today, held a town hall. So it's looking like um, there will be uh, a vote to impeach the president, which would then, it, and I've heard this come up today, um, then it it's up to Pelosi when she sends it to Senate, the Senate, where mm -hmm. the Senate would be expected to conduct a trial for the yeah. impeachment charges. Um, so that's where we are. Um, do you have any thoughts on kind of how it's played out? Well, you know, the whole Pelosi strategy for the, all the time for the whole time was to make it move along at a at a good pace so that pub interest and in, the public interest would not be lost. Well, Pelosi, it's not Pelosi's fault. It's it's the public greater. It's the public at large's fault. But right. It, they they they're losing right now. Polling the average polling among all the polls in the last week or so have shown that support for impeachment is now underwater, meaning less people not, not support impeachment than actually support it now. Uh, or sorry, oh. less people support impeachment that don't support it now. So when you say impeachment, do you mean impeach and remove or just like uh, conduct impeachment hearings? Cause there was that distinction they were making a, a while on polling. And I know that support for an impeachment hearing was always higher than impeach and remove. So I'm just curious what, which one you, you had seen. I think, well, the average of the polls that I've seen, it's all been like impeachment slash removal. So I'm assuming okay. impeachment with the intent to remove is sort of okay. what they're going for, okay. um, which uh, less and less people are actually supporting. Um, 
it's going to be an interesting couple weeks, but that's all attributed, I believe, to the short attention span of, you know, and also short attention span, but but also the amount of information that has been unleashed in the last month from the intelligence hearings to the judiciary hearings and just keeping track of all the crap that's been thrown at people. And, you know, it's almost like you don't even remember what he's being impeached, impeached for because there's just so much that's been talked about. And there's been so many witnesses who have brought up varying viewpoints and he said, she said stuff. And it's just, I think everybody's confused and they don't know where to go from here. And, you know, I don't know if they're happy letting Congress kind of sort this thing out, but obviously you have a bunch of members, uh, Democrats who won, who, who represent districts that Trump won in 2016, um, who are now kind of up against the wall and don't know what to do. We've already got one Democrat in New Jersey who has, who is flipping to the Republicans, uh, because his district is so adamantly against impeachment. Um, you know, and he's trying to save his political hide, but it it is insane. I think the talking point for at least the Trump, Trump universe media, um, is that, you know, thank you, Democrats, you've handed, um, us the house and a Trump reelection. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there's certainly an argument to be made for that. But I, I was reading today a um, kind of a interesting kind of take on that was like, well, you know, I'm not sure how much they want to be going around saying that um, because it very much could lead to some, um, I guess, uh, what's what I'm looking for, lack of focus or basically mm-hmm. some. Um, like Hillary type 2016 type result where people think, oh, we're fine because they, the Democrats impeach. So we're going to get um, Trump uh, reelected now. So I don't really have to go out and canvas or vote. You know what I mean? Like, like right. might, might, might lead yeah. some people to get lazy, um, which, you know, would surely be a shame if, if, if hubris is what took him down. Um, but, uh, you know, I think it's all, it's all interesting. I still firmly believe that, simply for the sake of separation of powers and Congress um, exercising their constitutional duties. Um, I think it's a, 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 it's the right thing to do. Um, and I, I, I know how I, I believe he's going to get acquitted by the Senate and, mm-hmm. and then, you know, it'll be over. And I think he'll be even more unchained at that point because of the Senate acquittal. But yeah, um, you know, I think this would probably all be done and then we'll go to the, the, the primary season. And yeah, it's just going to be a crazy next eight months. F- follow up question. Um, what does an unchained Donald Trump look like if that's not what we've seen recently? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I honest, honestly, I, I, I had this thought today um, that he might get himself another impeachment charge. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, could he be like, the first president to be impeached twice? <laughs> um, yeah, like I mean, yeah. I don't. I mean, I'm guessing people are going to be on the lookout now. They're, they they might might feel emboldened by well, the watch by the well, whistle. Well, let's be and, let's be fair. Let's be fair though. People have been on the lookout for impeachment since the moment he got elected in 2016, and I think that also kind of adds to sort of the the tanking support for impeachment uh, you know at least according to the polls is that there have been people who have been looking for an excuse since day 1 in office to get him impeached and they've brought up a million different reasons to do it whether it be you know his supposed racist tendencies or you know trying to overturn 
the Affordable Care Act or whatever. You know, and I agree. He he was given a good length of rope, and he hung himself with this with the Ukraine yeah. issue. Um, but still, there there have been people from day one, plenty of people from day one who have been wanting to impeach him. I I understand that argument, but just because someone is looking for a reason to impeach someone doesn't mean they're not guilty. <laughs> oh no no no! Um, oh yeah, I, I'm, I'm and, yeah, totally fair. And and honestly. The man has proven himself to me unfit since day one when he went in front of the stars at the CIA and said um, and talked about his election and his crowd size in front of the stars where, you know, remembering agents who have died protecting this country and talked about himself. And that that moment proved to me that he is incapable of thinking about anyone else and does not have the capacity to serve as president. And I would have impeached him right then. I understand that that is not, you know, that's not realistic, but the man has gotten what he deserves because he has been, um, just because you're looking for something doesn't mean it's not, not there. Impeachment should be fun thing for us to follow over the next couple of weeks. Um, I think we all kind of know how it's going to go, but stay tuned. Um, the other thing I wanted to quickly touch on, and I think you were listening to a podcast earlier today, so maybe you have some recent thoughts, uh, Mm -hmm. was the, the, um, FISA report that came out. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I will just say real quickly that it, nothing surprised me in there. I have worked with, um, FISA before and to say that it is a flawed system is to do it a service. Um, so, uh, to me, the, the lack of political intent was very important, but it still hasn't, hasn't kept people from, you know, kind of pushing their own talking points. Did you, did you learn anything today from that podcast that you thought was, you know, pretty, pretty valuable to take away from all this? No, I think, I mean, I think the IG report, the Department of Justice IG report was, um, you know, I think it was everything that we thought it was going to be about. It didn't vindicate the Trump campaign or President Trump at all. But I think the, the, the takeaway was how people were very fast and loose with the information that went into putting together the FISA warrants. And that might be kind of how they were designed in a way. But I, I think this really was one of the... F- one of the few times the American people have seen how the sausage is made when it comes to, to FISA warrants um, right. and the FISA courts. And I think people should be troubled. I think people should be worried about that, that, you know, agents really can, or, or, you know, the, the FBI can come up with basically anything and get these things approved um, without a whole lot of corroborated evidence. And like, mm-hmm. again, it's how you fight terrorism. There's, there's good with the yep. bad. I, you know, you and I talked about this and I get that. Um, but still, I think U.S. citizens who are not terrorist threats, there might be need. There might be a little bit more consideration towards that before I mean, you know I, a, a FISA warrant is the, granted. The I will say that the the care. One of the things that I was always taken care of was the compartmentation of U.S. citizen work in the FISA process. Mm-hmm. Um, the it it was always a you know. A, pseudonym of like us person one it was not connected to you know you had to go to a different compartment to find out who that person was you had to grant you had to be granted access um you had to have a justified reason for doing so um 
I will say that around U.S. persons involved in FISA, it was definitely a different ballgame. Um, that said, it was still uh, a flawed system. And, you know, it's unfortunate that it's being politicized. I think if any good comes out of this, uh, it'll be that the, the, the process does get updated and that could be could be a silver lining, but it, it, it's a complicated process, and it's and it's a debate we could have in America if we had a healthy way of communicating with one another about you know what sacrifices are we willing to make for our safety, um, and I would bet most people after this incident would say, well, we probably should tighten it up, and I would say that yeah, that, that's probably that's I I tend to agree with you, but mm-hmm. there might be an incident where. Um, you know, an investigation doesn't occur that should, um, that causes theft or harm or something. And, and, you know, it's a, it's a constant balance. So, um, I, I, I just, I wish that, um, there was a way that we could recognize that everything isn't political all the time. Yeah. So, and, but this is clearly not going to be the case, thanks to uh, Barr and John Durham chiming in right after uh, Horowitz released his report as well. And I don't know why they would do that. Like, did Trump push them to say, you need to say something about this? Like, that's just so, I think, irresponsible. And you also are like throwing your IG under the bus. They, they they probably did it anticipating that's what Trump would want them to do because it sort of seems like he's he there's like a you know some sort of dog whistle that all he has to do is blow and everybody does what instinctively what they think he you know he want Trump wants him to do yeah Sad. Um, yeah uh so yeah there's that um what was I I'm, now I'm trying to remember what were we gonna talk about for the last news of the day Brexit um, man. Oh yeah, oh, not, not even Brexit. Brexit. No, no, no. You know the the, the UK the, parliament, the British, uh, yeah, the UK elections. I think yeah. really, you know, uh, Boris Johnson and the the Tories won, um, increased their their majority in this uh, snap election. And Big time. I think I read it was it was the worst defeat for um, the Labour Party since like the 30s or something. Yeah, in like 1935 um, or something like that. Um, you know, I think. What we would, we would like to do here is maybe just tie it back to America and maybe what lessons we can learn. And you had some thoughts on that. Well, don't, uh, I think it's a, I don't know, you know, Jeremy Corbyn is, uh, an extreme socialist. I mean, there's no, you know, at least Bernie Sanders identifies himself as a democratic socialist with the emphasis on the democratic, uh, and not so much uh-huh. on the socialist side, but Corbyn, it was a, unapologetic socialist who really did have, you know, who was an admirer of Hugo Chavez. And, uh, I mean, say, to right, say that yeah, he would bring, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well, to say that he would bring the UK to, you know, make the UK like Venezuela might be a little bit of an overstatement, but it's not quite, I mean, nobody like looks, he, he recalls fondly like Venezuela. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. But so, uh, but it, 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 the parallel between, the 2020 U S elections and then this, this parliamentary elections in, in the UK, it's interesting. I mean, it, it begs the question, what does that mean for candidates like Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, even though Elizabeth Warren is, you know, still at her core capitalist, but 
is that a really is it really a cautionary tale? Is it a warning to the Democrats not to go too far to the left? I don't know. I I, I really don't know. Um, you know, I don't. Yeah. I won't pretend to be an expert on on UK politics and policy and and really what led the public to you know trounce the the Labour Party so badly. Um, I think. But, yeah, I think you could probably make make some parallels with like Northern England kind of working class mm-hmm. who voted for Brexit and saw a um a parliament that basically was not doing what they were voted to do right and you know i think in america there are there are purple areas that you know voted for obama twice and then voted for trump that that want change and want you know prag- like real solutions to problems to do to help them tangentially I'm sorry, tangibly. Um, and I think that, you know, there are some parallels there with the, the UK party. So I think that when you, um, talk about, you know, the, the, the woke left and, you know, intersectionality and, um, the, you know, I don't know, just the, the, um, multiple pronouns and you know these are these are not things you know these are not things that these people are concerned about and yeah. they're the people who are going to vote you know elect our next president so yeah. i think you have to be be careful and you know we, you and i were talking about it like the the democrats can't there can't be this litmus test like they they're it sounds like a quarter of the Democrats would not vote if Pete Buttigieg was the um, right the nominee. You know, like you're gonna shoot, you're gonna cut off your nose to to spite your face, right? If that's the case. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing just from reading, and I, I want to do a lot more reading about how this all happened in the UK. But you know, it was the position of the Labour Party and the and the Tories basically that Brexit was what they wanted at the at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah obviously for very different reasons, but to show that they, there was, there was a singular goal there in mind for both sides. And they just went with the party that they thought could do. I I mean, I don't know if that's how it all, how it shook out, but it seems like they went with the party that they believed could get it done sooner rather than later. So I, I don't know what it means beyond that. And like I said, I want to do a lot more reading and educating myself on what's been going on and, and all that. But I mean, from the outside, it doesn't look like it's the same in 2020, or at least that it translates because here there, while there are fundamental disagreements on policy, the politics are not allowing an actual conversation to happen on those, on those differences. It's really tribal warfare at this point on yeah. Medicare for all versus a public option versus status quo, you know, free college right. across the board or just public universities immigration, yeah. climate change. Yeah. It's, it's, there's warring camps and, you know, right. it's just, you know, I, I, yeah, I really don't know if, if it translates particularly, you know, right. if it, it's mean, yeah. just right, but it's, it's interesting. Yeah, I think that's one, I think that's one thing that you know, the British system allows for with the parliamentary system. Yeah. You can get factions that are concerned about certain uh, mm-hmm. issues more than others that represented, representing your, concerns in in parliament whereas here it's it's an all or nothing almost type thing so right 
Um, yeah, so it's not a it's not a perfect parallel, but I think um, big picture you can probably take away some things. So yeah, um, yeah. So lots going on. Lots, lots more will be happening. Um, did you want to introduce our topic du jour? I, I do. So it, this is something yeah. I've thought about for a long time. Um, in college, I, 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 I started reading. I'm so I, I do identify still as a Republican, uh, but not a Trump Republican, obviously. And federalism is a very big part of being a Republican where you, where you agree or you understand that there is a role for state and local government to play. And there's some things that they should take the lead on. And there's some things that the federal government should take the lead on. Um, but in modern politics, it doesn't end up that way because the expansion of the executive has been happening for decades across multiple presidents of multiple of of both parties. Um, and we're seeing less and less local and federal control, or at least we're seeing more of the federal government, um, flexing muscles and, you know, to some degree bullying the States and the local municipalities into doing what the federal government wants them to do. Um, so what really brought this back into my head after thinking about it for a long time over the last, you know, Obama administration and the, and the Trump administration is, uh, is this tweet. I'm going to read it to you. Okay. You all begged for Donald, the real Donald Trump support. Now you are directly acting in contravention to his request. And you think attacking the clothing of the president's defenders in Congress is your next best play. You aren't good at this. <laughs> this came from Who Congressman. Is that, from? that came from Congressman Matt Gatz, 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 whatever the hell yeah. his name is, from Florida. Um, this is all about the Georgia uh, Senate seat. So uh-huh. um, I'm from the great state of Georgia, and my longtime senator. He was actually my congressman. He represented the district that I lived in. He was also state rep, state senator, gubernatorial candidate in 1990. Johnny Isaacson, who is a statesman, a bipartisan badass. Uh, Republican conservative, but not the type of conservative that let um, uh, ide- ideology get in the way of progress. Right. So Johnny unfortunately has Parkinson's disease. It's been it's been more and more difficult for him to get around in D.C. So he decided to resign before the end of his term. There's two more years left on his term, and um, go ahead and step down now for health reasons. So this is all about Governor Brian Kemp, who I don't like very much, but uh-huh. he's governor of Georgia. Nonetheless, um, this is all about it. Go- governor Kemp exercising his constitutional duty to appoint a successor to Johnny Isaacson, uh, a successor right. of his choosing. But for some reason, assets like Matt Gatz are telling him who's to, from Florida, not who's from from Florida, Georgia, not right? from Georgia yeah. uh, to get put in the preferred candidate of president Trump's, which was, uh, Representative Doug Collins, um, who is actually, because, and that's simply because he's been a, a vocal def- defendant, right, for for Trump during the impeachment, very outspoken critic of impeachment. Yeah. Right, he's the current uh, ranking Republican ranking member of the House Judiciary Committee, so of course he's been very front and center defending the president. And I actually, on a before all of this, I actually really liked. Congressman Collins, I got to meet him a few times when I worked on the Hill and worked in DC and he, I liked him, but you know, obviously things change. Um, he, lo- he loves double negatives. He do- oh, yes, he does. So it made me think about this. So, uh, they wanted him, uh, 
Governor Kemp was leading towards uh, Kelly Loeffler, who is a never served at all in public service. She is a very wealthy hedge fund um, financier, you know, financial whiz. She and her husband, she owns the from Chicago, uh, from Chicago originally. Yes. Uh, lives in Atlanta. She's the co-owner of the WNBA uh, Atlanta franchise, the Atlanta Dream, I think. I feel sad that I don't know that off the top of my head. Um, but um, You're sexist. I am. It's true. Um, but he appointed her instead. And uh-huh. she is, I think, honestly, she is what, not only what Georgia needs, but what the, what, what the Senate needs, what the GOP needs, a, a woman who, you know, Brings is a little bit more moderate. She gave a ton of money to Mitt, to Mitt Romney, and um, but she has given to Democratic candidates too, and I think that irks Trump as well. But the but the fact that you had even members, though he's given money to Democratic, candidates even though he's yeah, it's true. <laughs> but but the thing that irks me the most is that you have people who are just completely apoplectic about about a governor exercising his constitutional duty, and it made me think about all of this and f- what, what does federalism mean these days? And clearly it doesn't mean a whole lot, but it's clearly something, you know, outside of this, it's something that's more important to who, the party. That's not, that doesn't occupy the white house and may or may not be in the majority in the house and Senate. Um, Cause you see Democrats uh, exercising, you know, taking advantage of federalism since Trump has been in office, you know, Trump pulled us out of the Paris climate accords Basically, from the moment that happened, you had cities and even states passing yeah, their own York, climate California, policies yeah. and trying to do, you know, live up to uh, the agreement that, you know, uh, that other countries were taking with uh, with the Paris Climate Accords. Um, yeah. It happening on immigration and sanctuary cities. I'm not a fan of sanctuary cities. I think it's silly, but that does not mean a township or a city or a municipality should not designate themselves as a sanctuary city because that is their right under federalism to do that. Um, so it's just, it's, it's really interesting to watch this and, and, and see how it all plays out. Um, I don't know if you've ever thought about this kind of thing, but it is part of it. I guess it's easy to write it off as, Oh, it's just part of the resistance, you know, the quote unquote resistance, but it's more, it's much, much, much more important than belittling it that way. Um, even when we don't agree with it, it is a very important thing that I think, cities and states can do, especially if they don't agree with policies coming out of the executive branch uh, in DC, they shouldn't have to be, you know, browbeaten into following a policy like that. And I, I, I think that's the way it should be under no matter who's in the white house. But, um, I mean, have you ever thought about anything like yeah, this well, or am I just like out on, out of my own little Island? I mean, well, I'm, I come from the executive branch, so, you know, I'm all about, uh, um, federal mandates on to, uh, to, the states no um i i actually i don't i don't think about it a lot because it's not not necessarily um like i wasn't a policy person as as much uh so but it it does you know we're we're a diverse country right Mm -hmm. we're um you know there's a reason why like socialism for scandinavian countries probably wouldn't work in the u.s is because we're a diverse country with different backgrounds and different interests um and really the best way to to represent that is through a system of federalism right um so you know the people in wisconsin who love hunting 
um, can, can, uh, you know, set their gun laws appropriately. Um, and the people in California who are very concerned about climate change and, um, <clears throat> you know, sustainability can set their environmental laws the ways that they, they want to, you know, set their gas standards where they want to. Mm-hmm. Um, and exactly. I will say, and, you know, I think that what you see in, in Trump is not necessarily any sort of, um, and the Trump GOP is not necessarily any sort of concern for system of, of, you know, federalism where, you know, a limited government, it's more authoritarian. He, he thinks he is, is king. And when you go against him, um, you are, you know, you're, I don't, I don't know. You're, I don't, you're a troublemaker. You're not fit to be in the Republican party. And, Mm -hmm. and that's not really, you know, our, the leader is not necessarily, we don't serve him, (laughs) you know, he serves us. And he's supposed to do his best to represent, um, take what all the states are thinking and, and apply it to, uh, exe- executing, um, the laws. And so, um, you know, it's just another case of him not understanding, uh, how the U.S. government, uh, is supposed to run, what it's supposed to, what, it, what its purpose is, who, what, his, what the presidency's purpose is. Um, and, you know, people like Matt Getz, who are just shameless, um, butt plugs, uh, who looking to, to, um, further their own cause. Uh, I mean, what, what, why does he think he, his opinion on the Georgia Senate seat matters one bit, right? Right, right. Like, um, so... Uh, I, you know, I, I, I don't know anything about this woman that was appointed, um, other than she's from Chicago and is like independently wealthy and, um, and she's, she's a political unknown. I mean, I get, I get, I understand like people like Matt Gatz who, who, you know, they're, they're so such big cheerleaders and supporters of, of, of Trump, but she's a political unknown. She's never, there's no test. You know, there was this, it was hilarious. What another thing I found funny is she, she sits on the board of Grady hospital, which is a huge, huge public hospital in Atlanta. Um, it's actually one of the best. It's the, it's a bad joke, but it's, it's the hospital where if you're shot in the Atlanta, that's where you want to go because they have such an amazing trauma center uh-huh. and such, and such great medical staff. But, um, uh, there was this question of whether or not they allowed, they performed abortions in the hospital. And since she sat on the board, Uh she wasn't sufficiently pro-life, even though, you know, come on, she's not making medical decisions. She's not a doctor. Um, you know, it's, there's a venue to be a pro-life and I don't think that is the, is the appropriate venue, quite frankly. Um, so I get how there's, there's, it may make them a little bit worried or nervous that this political unknown is now going to be, you know, one of a hundred senators, um, but it's no reason for a house member from Florida to be tweeting at the governor of Georgia doing his yeah. freaking job. Right. And let's not forget that, um, we have a political, uh, novice in the white house. So, True. um, you know, but that's why, uh, that's why federalism I think is really important too. I mean, the, for years it was, you know, as a, 
as a Republican, you know, you talk about limiting the size and scope of government. Well, it's somewhere along the line in the last 25, even 30 years, 40 years, that that question became, okay, government's going to grow. But now between the fight between Democrats and Republicans is how fast is it? Are we going to allow it to grow? Um, and this is a good example of why a bigger, more powerful executive uh, executive branch is not a good thing. Now, I know that yeah. in the age of Trump, Democrats are going to definitely take advantage of federalism in a way that help, like we talked about on climate issues like climate change, immigration, health care. But when they take once they take back over the executive, which inevitably, inevitably they will, the pendulum always swings back. They're going to be looking to expand government in their view and what they say, you know, in the image of their values. And that's going to make it a bigger, more powerful federal government, too. And it just keeps on snowballing, snowballing, snowballing. Um, yeah. And, 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 you know, I think you see the difficulty in, in walking back any government. Right. So, you know, um, uh, you know, want to try to snowball at an appropriate pace, I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but she's already, is she in, is she seated? She, yeah, she, I think she, yeah, she was sworn in. Okay. Maybe. I'm pretty sure. Let me double check. Um, <laughs> well, hopefully she represents the people of Georgia appropriately. Um, you know, it's interesting. You didn't hear anything from Doug Collins, uh, um, after, during all this, uh, you know, advocating for himself or anything. I mean, you know, I, I, I respect that. Um, I feel like in this day and age, it wouldn't have been surprising to have someone, you know, have him tweet something and then have Trump retweeted or something to, to, to build support for that. Um, you know, kind of pressure, pressure Kemp into making a decision. So according to the, uh, according to the Googles, she will assume office on January 3rd. Okay. Cool. Well, another fascinating discussion. Yeah, um, I, these are the things I think about, man. You know, we had you yeah, we had this we, we're just we had this talk today, you and me, about you know, night. What'd you say? Ninety ninety one percent of Republicans are support Donald Trump or approve of Donald Trump. Is that what you, is that what we were saying today? Approve of the job that Trump is doing, and yeah. you you astutely brought up that it could be about the size of the GOP shrinking, which after doing some, you know, half-assed internet research today seems to be true. That is the reason why his support is so solid, is so solid with the, with the GOP base. It's because that base is actually shrinking. So that all that's left is the diehards who really don't know any better, quite frankly. Um, yeah, but that's where things become dangerous. And, you know, the rabid fan base, being, you know, these are not boy bands. This isn't the Beatles for Christ's sakes. We, when we put politicians, no matter who they are, no matter what party they're from on a pedestal, they are human. They will disappoint us. They will do things that are the antithesis right. of what we actually believe. But for some reason we'll support them because they're, it's our guy, it's our team. And that's not right. I mean, no, you know, we talked, it's not about team. It's about principles. Well, when we talked about USMCA and the, the, the new trade agreement, USMCA yeah. today, and whether or not that's even going to be a good one, I think so far it's probably going to be a bad deal. I don't, is it going to be better than NAFTA? I don't know yet, but 
you know, if he's definitely not a free trader. He's definitely not doing making these deals because he believes in free trade. And that is a Republican core principle, or at least it used to be. Um, so, you know, I don't know where I don't yeah. know where where we go from here as a, as a party, <laughs> not not as a country, but as a party. Um, uh, well, I, yeah, maybe we can talk about it again on another episode. Talk about uh, Nikki Haley and Carly Fiorini, Fiorina, and uh, Ben Sass, and talk about um, where, 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 what are all those people going to do? How are they positioning themselves? Where do we end up? Um, yeah. yeah. So let's, uh, you know, we always end on a on a fun note um, after thoroughly depressing everyone. Um, so let's talk about what we're into what we're these into. days um as we go into as we move into to christmas um season are you are you into anything exciting or are we going for a christmas theme here no yeah. it can be it can be whatever you oh want goodness. it to be it's making me it's making me question what i'm into now well mine is certainly not christmas oh okay theme, good so well, I'm into Christmas. Uh, <laughs> I'll start. I'll start. I'll preface everything okay. I say with I'm into Christmas. I love Christmas. It's actually my favorite yeah. holiday. So I was excited to put up the tree and decorate and meet, you know, me and Maura and the kids, uh, decorated the tree this weekend. Uh, do you guys have an elf on the shelf? We don't. We were talking about we need to do that okay. because our kids are monsters. Um, and we're, <laughs> we're willing to try anything. It is, it is like having the SS uh, in your house next year. Next uh -huh. year, we got to do it. Yeah. Um, what I'm yeah. into. So what I'm into is I recently purchased a new guitar, uh, and I'm okay. very into it. So I, I, you know, you know this about me, but maybe our listeners don't. I am a drummer. I've been playing the drums since I was 11 years old. Um, and I love the drums. It's my favorite instrument. Uh, but I have a four year old who would massacre, massacre them in not a good way. And my current drum set is one that I've had now for about uh, almost 15 years. And it's my favorite drum set that I've ever owned. And I've had several. Uh, and so it's, they are sitting safely in their cases and I will not set them up anytime soon. So I started playing guitar again about a year ago, or a little over a year ago, going to take lessons. And, um, and, uh, so I bought, a jazz master last year, a Fender jazz master that I really have loved that guitar a lot and play a lot, but I really wanted to get a semi hollow bodied guitar. So I took a leap of faith and bought a reverend manta ray. Um, and it's awesome. And I didn't have never played one. I just bought it on reverb and they got it, got it here and tuned it up and started playing it, plugged it into my amp and it's a great guitar. Um, I'm very happy with that. So playing some, playing some sweet licks. Playing some. T I've been, I've been trying to learn. So I've, I'm trying, I've been trying to learn a lot of ACDC songs just because that's like good distortion and cool, like ominous stuff like hell, hell's yeah. bells. And, um, if you want blood, so, so that's what I've been, that's what I'm into is my Reverend Manta Ray semi hollow body guitar. I got it in midnight black. Uh, it's got, Block inlays and the fretboard and uh, humbuckers or the pickups and uh, yeah, nice, awesome, cool. Um, How about you, man? What are you into these well, days? Mine, mine isn't quite as exciting, uh, but I really am appreciative of this. 
Uh, it's the app called Duolingo, hmm. and you may have heard a commercial for it before, but it's basically a free app um, where you can learn like 30 different languages. Um, alive and dead. So they even have Latin. <laughs> That's for you, Clay Kelsch. Um, but uh, I... You know, I, I don't know if people know this, but I, when I was in grad school, I studied in China. I learned Chinese um, to a, a, a decent degree. I, I wouldn't say I was very good. Do you ever have the opportunity to speak it anymore? Or, okay. No, no. So, I mean, that's what, that's what I, you know, I, fe- I hate that I have that kind of skill and I'm not able to sort of nurture it. So as I'm riding the train in the mornings, um, I will take my, my daily lesson. Um, and it's really good. It's, it's, it's kind of done, um, visually, uh, so you read, but then you can also speak that you're using your speaker on your phone. Um, so, you know, it gives you a good, well-rounded learning experience and, um, I'm a big advocate for it, you know, and you can start from a beginner or if you've already have experience in that language, you can take a placement test. Uh, and then it'll start you where up where you, it thinks you should be starting. Oh, that's so, cool. Um, it's a, yeah, yeah. So like you know, if you wanted to do Greek or whatever, it would it it could place you, you know, not at the start. Um, I just started at Chinese because I just it had been so long since I'd done it. Um, I started from the beginning, just kind of want to work my way through it. Um, but it's it's really good. It's free. You can you can upgrade if you want uh, to get more features. But you know, just for my ten minutes on the yeah. train uh, in the morning. It's it's nice. That's so, cool. That's what I mean. it's been. Fr- I mean, it's frustrating when I want to like remember my Greek, but I don't want to start with like baby yeah. Greek because I know all that, and I right. automatic I immediately stop yeah. doing it because I don't want to start from right because you're not yeah. challenged or not learning anything. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, check it out. Um, it, yeah. So anyway, me likes. That's another episode. That's another. That's episode five. Um, oh my god, episode five. Yeah. Um, Politics and bros. Exciting. Um, so what was that Twitter um, handle again? Uh, at bros politics and check Join it out. On Twitter. We'll have the new, this episode up, um, and all that past episodes you can find there as well. Join us on Twitter. Um, we'll be verified. No time, <laughs> I'm sure we'll get our blue check. Uh, mark. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, it was fun. Too fun. Um, yeah. Well, Merry Christmas to you, man. Uh, I don't know if I'll talk to you, but yeah. And uh, Happy Hanukkah happy to Hanukkah. your wife. Hanukkah starts. Yeah, Happy Hanukkah starts on, on uh, oh. Sunday. So, um, yeah, it's festive time. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we'll chat soon after the New Sounds Year. Sounds good, brother. Have a uh, wonderful rest of the week. Right. And uh, to our audience. Yeah, enjoy your vacation. Yeah, you too, man. And to our audience, we'll we'll be back soon. Thank you for listening to episode five of the Politics of Bros podcast. We'll be back at you again real soon. This one was recorded on Monday, December 16th, 2019. We'll see you after the new year. Happy holidays, everybody. And as always, we're going to the casino. What could possibly go wrong?